Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 4, Episode 19 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Should come out on uh, November the 22nd, 2021, and that is the closest we're going to get to Thanksgiving, so we're just going to call this the Thanksgiving episode. And I don't really know why, um, you know, Thanksgiving, that wonderful time in America where we celebrate um, taking land and a, a whole nation from a group of people that were indigenous to it. But, I mean, that's not, it's not like the rest of the world doesn't operate that way anyways. Uh, and, um, but there, there's still positive things that you can, mm-hmm. you can have out of that. Uh, but today, what we're going to talk about is um, my apple cider recipe. I was teaching someone, uh, a friend of the family's, how to make cider and wine. And so we made a... I guess this is over seven percent, so it's an apple wine. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like real high ABV, but you know. Um, but we were teaching someone how to make some apple cider. It's still, my cider, my C I D R. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, the network term. But she called it the basic bitch. Um, nice little uh, uh, pink label that my wife designed and put on there. Um, but what we're going to do is we're looking at the one that is carbonated versus the one that's not carbonated. Spoiler, they're both carbonated. <laughs> one of them just was intended to be carbonated, mm-hmm. and the other one was not. So, um, Ricky, you're drinking one. I'm going to let you take a sip of the other one and see if you can tell a difference. And um, then we can kind of talk about it. I mean, we've talked about this recipe before, so this isn't so much a review as... Just kind of what we experienced with the carb V, no carb. Mm. So, what do you think? Okay, I would guess the second one is the one that's carbonated. That is correct. Yep. This one right here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is correct. That's the one that, that was carbonated. What tipped you off? Uh, really the heaviness of the carbonation. They're both carbonated, you're right. But the uh, the first one, much smaller bubbles, much lighter. Yeah. Um, the second one incredibly carbonated i mean like you can feel the large bubbles on your tongue yeah like as as i was drinking it, i felt like half of my tongue was not touching the cider it just had the carbonation on it. <laughs> it's crazy carbonated right so when we put this in we put it in at 1.002 okay so it's not like it had a lot of sugar left in it and it has molasses in it mm-hmm. um and it didn't go like like to 0.009 or 0.09 nine or whatever or it, it didn't go to that yeah um so it it's not like completely dry right mm-hmm. but it i mean it's, it's still dry yep um both of them are dry and the 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 weirdness is i think this is a a, a cider we've made many times before i generally don't back sweeten it you back sweeten it sometimes mm-hmm. um it's never quite been this carbonated before. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. It it's very heavily carbonated. I mean, even the the one that was quote unquote uncarbonated, the one you didn't put the carb tabs in. I mean, it's almost the same level of carbonation I would expect that you had. I mean, like it's a full carbonation. It's not like it's really light or you know, there's just a couple bubbles. Like it's fully carbonated, and the other one is just a whole other level of carbonated. Yeah, uh, which is not bad. I mean, no. it's not like it. Neither one of these tastes bad. They're both kind of nice and dry, a little bit funky, which you like kind of, you know, you like that in a lot of apple ciders where it's got that bit of sourness to it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I mean, have you taken an ABV reading of it after it's, it's come out? Yeah, they're both, um, 
they're they're both uh, at ten percent roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they it didn't the the percentage didn't change. They did not change in gravity either. They're both at like one. Yeah, which is what they. Well, the, yeah, they'll they have to have changed gravity a little bit because they continue to ferment afterwards. I, I mean, but, I realize that, but I didn't measure the carbonated. I don't know what the. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what I was asking. Have you have you taken an experiment bottle and like poured it in, shook all the gas out of it, and seen what the ABV of it is now? Yeah, I did. Um, I one of the carbonated bottles. I have mm-hmm. no idea what about about this one is, uh, just because I I don't know. But it yeah. went in at one. Mm-hmm. And somehow carbonated itself. So I must have like either had a whole bunch of pedaling gases in there. Uh, I wouldn't or... think so because I mean your gas concentration is not going to get higher when it's in yeah. there. Um, I mean most likely it just kept it just kept going because a lot of wines can uh, a lot of yeast can go down to you know point nine nine zero. Yeah. So that's still like a whole point of gravity left over. Yeah. So you I mean that could have just been what happened? You know, it's gone. The molasses will keep it tasting a little bit sweet, so it doesn't have that like super dry characteristic. But yeah, that that'd be something I'd be interested in to see like what is the ABV now? How much further did it keep going? Yeah, well, you know what we could do? We could like go downstairs, take one of these bottles. I still have a whole bunch of them that are mm-hmm. that are the non-carbonated ones and just pour it out and let it sit in a glass for like with some muslin cloth over it overnight. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, just let it get back up to room temperature, see what it's like. Yeah, yeah see what see what it's like. Well, I, they're all room temperature. So, I just pour it out and let okay. the carbonation yeah, yeah. come out. Yeah, it's a, it's so weird, um, which is one of the fun things that I love about this. This is a brew that I'm intimate with. I might have mm-hmm. made this 40 times so far. <laughs> now yeah. Ricky's, Ricky's getting the, the um, yeah, every time I'm like, oh, sorry, I bumped the, I, yeah, I hit the I got mic. the headset on now. Never knew. <laughs> I even did a whole thing where I, like, I moved where the microphone like pop filter was. And now I just bundle it with my foot. Yeah, I even think about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean it happens to both of us. Like I, that's well, that, why I'm very specific about the way I move yeah. now. Too. Well, now I just know for like the last several months, like exactly what you've been saying about. It's like oh, oh my god, I was like ah, that probably wouldn't show up that much. Yeah, it does. It's like And I don't cut them out because I do. It if this wasn't for like fun and I was trying to mm. make a career of it and everything like that, I'd be really particular about that stuff, right? But this is supposed to be just just for fun. If if anything ever happened with this, it wouldn't be because we were trying to be these like superstars, right? We're just sitting here having a conversation, drinking a few beers, and talking about stuff that we like to talk about. Um, you know. So, it, anyways, uh, yeah, we bump the mic all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't take it out because I think it's kind of fun to let you guys see. Like how screw up, how much of a screw up we are professionally. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to the cider. This is one of the things that I love about brewing. Mm-hmm. I can take something that I've made a hundred times, make it the exact same way, and it'll have like a little bit of a difference because I'm not doing it in a completely 100% controlled mm-hmm. environment. And I may like have gotten a batch of yeast. This is the Safal yeast that we use every time. Okay, yeah. I think it was SO4. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, every time I make it, it just ends up being like this. Um, but it never carbonates. Like it's never carbonated dry. I've yeah. tried to carbonate it multiple times, and this is the first time it's ever. And now I'm you like, did it when you didn't plant it, there you go. I'm like, man, I don't know. Like I might the next time I make a five gallon batch of this, mm-hmm. I may take and carbonate half of it and hop 
half of it, half of that carbonated mm-hmm. half, and see what ends up happening, and and not hop the other yeah, half. Yeah. You know, so or so ha- do do it in four like split into fours. Do one that is just no carbonation, no hops. Mm-hmm. One that's hopped with carbonation. One that is hopped without carbonation, and one that's carbonated with no hops. You see what gotcha. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because that, that sounds like that would be kind of fun. Yeah. To play with. Yeah. Change change it up a little bit. Then it'd be like bitter cider, and um. Well, some of the most popular ciders, like you look at things like Blake's, which that's huge in almost every store in America. Yeah. You know, it, it's not everyone's favorite, but it's out there. And that's a, that's one of those like sour, bitter that's true. sort of ciders. Yeah. Well, enough enough fawning over cider that I made. Uh, let's talk about the uh, more brewing, uh, the buckwheat coffee mail that we're making. Yeah. All right. So you've had the, you've had the buckwheat honey. You've tasted what it's like when it's. Still, still a little sweet, not completely dry. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to tell you, that point of gravity difference. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's drier, but you can't really tell yeah, the difference yeah, yeah. in sweetness. Um, but now it's got coffee in it. You haven't tasted the the two together, but you've tasted the coffee and you've tasted the buckwheat. What are your thoughts? I think they'll really complement well because that coffee already has a little bit of nuttiness. It's not like two out there. But, you know, it's a nice kind of like mellow base. It's a very smooth coffee with just that little bit of earthy, nutty undertone. Then just hit with that buckwheat honey, which is just so in your face with that nutty flavor. Yep. You know, I think that'll go real well. I mean, you, you, I think all things said and done when you take that out of there, it will almost have this sort of like walnut, hazelnut sort of flavor to it, even though none of that stuff is in there. Yep. And it's completely dry. So the other coffee mails that I made have either been sweet on purpose mm-hmm. and kind of citrusy or sweet by accident. And they've always been very acidic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, I, I just put my hand in front of Mike. Uh, but they've, they've always been a little bit, like, too acidic. So I, I'm hoping that this one is going to be nice and rounded and taste a little bit more like the Stumpton's coffee that we're using in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's already got like a bit of a caramel taste to it. Um, so it's like nutty and a little bit sweet uh, when you have it, like, especially if you put like some cream or something in it, it brings out those mm-hmm. flavors a whole lot. And by itself, it's really good. Um, but I haven't made that. So I've, I've held off on making that into a cold brew because I don't, want to know what that's going to taste like until I try mm. it in the brew because uh, I don't want to have formed an opinion about it because this is an experimental batch and I kind of yeah. want to just see what it's going to be like um, so I'm, I'm doing a slightly different methodology you know of, of thinking through this this time but I predict based on the way that the buckwheat honey tastes and based on the way that the um, the Stumpton's coffee tastes I think the two of them together is going to be like this perfect marriage for like a coffee mill. Um, so, yeah. And then maybe if we back sweeten it, you know, like we'll, um, we'll keep, we'll make sure it stays at the, the level that it's at. Cause I think we use Lovin D47. It's already like 16% ABV, 15. It's, it's like high up there. Cause we, yeah. it was like a really high ABV. I thought it was going to stop because it's past the, um, the yeast tolerance mm. <laughs> for the, the yeast was just like, nah, I'm just gonna keep on going, man. 
I, yeah, I got you, some roids. You can sometimes get an extra percent or two because really that that ABV is stopping reproduction. So you've probably got until the existing yeast have kind of run their life cycle. Probably true, um, but yeah. So I don't know if you heard about this, but Logitech killed the Harmony line. Oh really? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're not going to be making any more. They've got some company that's going to continue to do maintenance, but they're mm. not going to like make the remotes anymore. They're going to sell them out. And, of course, I have been using mm-hmm. Logitech Harmonies for years. I got the, um, the Harmony uh, you know, remote for my family to use downstairs. Mm-hmm. I use the app. Uh, I have two hubs in my house. I have one that you know, can controls my TV set in my office and I have one that controls like the downstairs entertainment center for the family. And I've, I've always kind of liked them. They've, they've been really good, but now they're gone. Yeah. So what am I going to do? We well, can see how well the maintenance company actually runs them. See if they'll actually hold up. I kind of want to do something else. Okay. I yeah. want to, I want to find something that's not beholden to a company and their software updates and all the other things. I mean, I, mm. like, I, I want it to get security updates and things like that if it's attached to the internet. But maybe I could find something that's either not attached to the internet or that, um, you know, will hold a ton of, like, all the items that I need. Yeah. So I'm thinking of, like, like right now I've got, like, three. Because all, all the rest of the ones, like, kind of don't meet that criteria. Um, there's the Broadlink RM4 Pro Hub. Now, that's still going to be a little bit more like the Logitech. It's going to be tied mm-hmm. to that company. But Broadlink is a little more open, I think, than Logitech. Now, they're still a company. Yeah. I'm not, like, you know, saying that I trust them or anything like that. But maybe that would be a good experience for a couple of years, and it's, like, 30 bucks. Yeah, and they've got a lot less division in that company, right? Like, the thing that ends up burning people when companies retire products is because they run so many products just for that company to stay viable. They got to clean them out every now and then, right? The, the quote unquote low performers and drop those off. When you're looking at a company, that's a bit smaller, fewer products. They're more likely to hold on to those things because you're not going to drop something. That's like a fourth of your company, you know? And all that Broadlink does right now is home automation stuff. Mm. From what I understand. Uh, but it's like 40 bucks to get one of these, um, rm4 pro like hubs and i mean even like two of them plus like a remote to control it or whatever would cost less than one of the harmony remotes that i bought Mm -hmm. not the remote and the hub at the same time yeah so that might be worth it um the other one is this thing called the sofa baton sofa baton you won? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I never heard of the company before, but I was just doing um, some, and it's almost like the Broadlink, but it's a little bit cheaper. And mm-hmm. it comes with a remote and a hub that goes okay. to it. So it's all app controlled. And then the final one is back to analog, no updates. I hate this stuff. You know, I'm just getting rid of it. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's like a $8 GE backlit universal remote. And you just like program it with whatever you want it to have okay. in it and, you know, use yep. it. The problem with that one is it only does four, and it doesn't do, like, scenes and stuff like that. Mm, okay. So probably going to buy maybe maybe all three of them. I don't know. Like, should I buy all three of them? They're pretty low <laughs> price points, so it's not like you couldn't get them all and just trade them out to what you like. 
Yeah, I mean, I could also like sell resell one or something like that mm-hmm. if I wanted to. Yeah, I guess, and it makes good it makes good content for us to talk about on the podcast that's got to do with technology and not brewing. Yeah, <laughs> which actually, speaking of that, I wonder if I could use a remote to control like a temperature vessel for my brewing or if i could do some sort of home automation oh yeah i'm sure you could there's plenty of stuff out uh, out there that you could hook into so i'm thinking about doing this crazy thing where i get a floating hydrometer Mm -hmm. that goes in my brew and then i get like a floating dip tube also Mm -hmm. and i pressure ferment and then do a closed transfer to another vessel uh for like beers and Mm -hmm. like like carbonated like ciders and things like that I'm I'm thinking about doing something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Guys love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I was wondering, like, if I could, so, I said control, but be able to monitor. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was wondering if I could do something where I have, like, a key combination that I press on something or I bring up, and it shows me at, in real time what the AB, or what the gravity, the current ABV, the temperature inside the vessel, and, like, a couple other things like yeah. that are. Yeah, I mean, like, ultimately, those sensors have to report that data back somewhere, and you're storing it for, for some automation like that to work. So I think on, like, the remote end, yeah, absolutely. You're really just switching to wherever you're aggregating that data. Yeah. So, like, put a Raspberry Pi with Home Assistant on it or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Pull that information in, put it into a database, maybe. Um, you know, like a MariaDB or a MongoDB yeah. or something. I don't even need that, right? Because, I mean, I guess it depends on how interested you are. If you want all the historical data, yeah, I want the historical story. data. Okay. I want to know, like last time I did this brew, did it do like what it did? Did I change the environmental factors and stuff like that? I don't know why. Like I shouldn't, but I feel crazy. Like yeah. well, I was more thinking, like you know, even if you wanted something like that, when you're looking at final results, you can just record those wherever. Um, I was thinking more. You know, you've got those sensors. I don't know how often they update. But let's say they update every thirty seconds. If you want to know every 30 seconds across the two-week brew period, yeah, you'll want a database for that. Otherwise, you know, just check it when you want it. If there's a data value you care about, record it. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to talk about that. That might be a project for us to do together. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. So let's talk about health tracking apps. Um, that's, a, that's our last topic for the day. Um, but uh, so I don't think you – you know, you did start doing the Vita app, right? You looked uh, into it. I looked into it. We haven't started it yet. Okay. But I did use uh, one of their competitors for like a year. All right. We were uh, on the other insurance. So uh, through our current insurance, we can get this thing called Vita, and it's like mm-hmm. a life coach and health tracking app, and they'll do things like, you know, measuring your in- intake of food and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's all kind of free stuff that you get with things like the Apple you know, health tracker app or the Google Mm -hmm. fit thing. Have you tried, cause I know you have a Fitbit. I have an Apple watch, Mm -hmm. right? Um, have you tried like the Fitbit health tracking? Oh yeah. That's got no like life coach proportion Mm -hmm. kind of built into it. What do you think of that? Like how, how do you feel? I really like them. Um, you know, I know they're not perfectly accurate and neither are any of the watches. I mean, even the best watches are still up to like 20% inaccurate. So, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But the trending is what I really like because if I see, you know, week over week, my resting heart rate is dropping, I'm knowing, okay, the cardio workouts I'm doing, those are those are working. 
because my resting heart rate's getting lower, so my heart's getting stronger. And, you know, I love it for the sleep tracking because I can't track my sleep because I'm asleep. You know, I use them less for, like, calories and stuff because I kind of know how many calories I'm eating. Uh, I've dieted enough to, to have a good feel for how much calories are in certain things and how much I need to be eating. And, you know, with the intermittent fasting stuff that I do, it doesn't matter as much anyway. But all those other little things. Um, like, I've got the... It's not the Vita. It's the new thing. It's not the Versa. The Lux. Um, the, the Fitbit, Fitbit ones. Lux, yeah. Yeah, which is one of their newer ones. It's got, like, the skin temperature monitors mm-hmm. and the tries to calculate your O2 and all that stuff. And those things I really enjoy because that's not something I can easily get myself. That's like data that you really need the wearable to track for you. And, you know, tracking that like quality and sleep and stuff is, is really useful for me. Cause like most of my insomnia is gone now. I'll have maybe one night a month. I can't sleep or less. I envy you. I know it's, <laughs> I, I, it was so bad a couple of years ago and I went through this like hard reset with it. And I think the fasting helped a little bit with that, but that's just speculation. But being able to like watch it and be like, okay, yeah, last night was pretty rough. I should go to bed earlier tonight. Cause you know, I would know that I spent 45 minutes tossing and turning, not actually asleep. You know, cause you don't remember those things no, when you, you wake don't. up for right. a minute at a time at night as you roll over. Um, so being able to track that stuff and then make decisions on like, okay, what am I going to do differently to try and get that number to be better? Um, it's pretty powerful. As a diabetic, I find that all my privacy concerns, I mean, like mm-hmm. I feel so violated when I think about this stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's some company out there that's pulling this in and they're using my personal information to be able to sell, try to sell stuff to me. Um, and that's not cool. Right. Um, especially when it's like you're kind of like taking advantage of someone or someone needs this thing, you know, to be able to um, really be healthy. And you're using that as a way to make more money. That's Mm -hmm. kind of disgusting, right? Like that's, I'm, everyone needs to make money, right? But when you're ultra wealthy and you're preying on people who, you know, like not me, but like Mm -hmm. other people who barely have anything and they need this stuff to be able to survive and you're not like being generous to them. That's kind of being, you know, yeah. Don't be Bob. Bob's a jerk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Be like, be like Don. Don's, Don's nice. You know? Um, so I, I have those like qualms with it, but having used all three of these services and there's other services that, that do these Mm -hmm. things. I, I do find them immeasurably useful, and I keep bumping the mic with my foot. I'm trying not to. I, I, I find them immeasurably useful for stuff, and I wish I'd had this, you know, ten years ago, mm-hmm. or five, or five years ago, or six years ago, um, when when I really needed something like this to kind of keep me from becoming diabetic or keep me from like getting to this point that I'm. I've had some health problems or whatever and not the, the nagging reminders, but just being able to look at it and say, okay, my, my blood sugar is 121 right now. And yesterday it was 111. And last night it was 145. And when I woke up this morning, it was 176, you know, mm-hmm. like in, and I took my medicine and I did all the things and I've tracked it and I've been able to go down to, and I, the reason that I think that this is happening is because I ate a banana before mm-hmm. bed and even though that's supposed to be good because it has a ton of fiber the sugar content in it's too much for my body to handle you know like things like that and, and i don't eat bananas before i go to bed i'm just like yeah. making like a silly example but things like that happen to people 
And so I think these things are useful, but man, like the marketing stuff that goes into this stuff to like, it is so incessantly evil that I kind of don't want to do it. <laughs> like, especially yeah. with like the Google and the Apple stuff. Yeah, maybe, I mean, Apple's not the good guy and Google isn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've, I have like some home automation and stuff that ties into some of those companies. And I'm like sitting here thinking, you know, what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can say from the Fitbit end, I'm sure they're collecting all that data. I'm sure oh, they they're are. doing something yeah, with it. They're absolutely. Um, but I've never been targeted in like an obvious way in terms for like advertising trying to sell me something, you know. Um, that's been really good with them because that's probably because you know they don't really tie into any platform. They can try and sell you something. Now that Google but, owns them, they're just collecting the data. They have not done anything with Fitbit yet to make it do something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Fitbit was gathering it years ago, though, before they got acquired. They were, but Fitbit was, so just like kind of knowing about this stuff, Google has a different mission than Fitbit does when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, you know, that it's a valid point that any of these health trackers that pull this data have to pull this data. They all store this data because you get historical data about it. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff is there and it's targeted at you and they have it. Yeah, and you know you got to make that decision of does the benefit of you also having the data outweigh the negative of them also having the data? I I think for me it does. Mm. For you it might not because you're, but maybe you are unhealthy enough that you that like it is, but it shouldn't be. You know, like Mm. that shouldn't be the choice that we're having to make. I can live, but I'll sell my soul. (laughs) Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. When you hit a point that. You've got serious medical concerns that, like, there's a real detriment for me not to have this thing. It's a little bit more insidious. It's a little yeah. bit more. Maybe there needs to be a more open platform for this stuff. But in terms of, yeah. uh, you're fairly healthy, no, no real existing medical issues. Um, just having that little bit of push really helps. My mind's charging right now. My wife took hers off and she hasn't worn it for like a week. I'm trying to get her to put hers back on. Yeah. Because when it's just there to do that little like, oh, you haven't gotten your steps this hour. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I got 10 minutes before the hour's over. I should get up and, and stretch a little bit. You know, that, that little stuff that you don't think about um, when you're just, like, in the middle of your day because it's just in the back of your mind. It brings that stuff up for you, which really helps. I mean, if you've got healthy relationships also with things like food and – or you've got unhealthy relationships in some ways, but, like, healthy thought processes around mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. Not a mental health issue with it then it can also be really helpful to do things like weight tracking mm-hmm. or step tracking, like you had mentioned, or, I mean, calories aren't everything. Cal- calorie and weight have a close com- you know, mm-hmm. uh, correlation to one another, but you know, you can like kind of tie those things together and see how yeah. that's, how that's going to like affect you. But anyways, we've talked long enough. It's time to end this episode. Um, not that I'm shutting you down. Actually, do you have anything else that you want no, to say? No, I think I've said all okay. I need to. All right. So this is Season 4, Episode 19 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. It's supposed to come out around Thanksgiving of 2021. We'll see if I actually like don't screw that up. But it should come out like the Monday before. Uh, otherwise, if you're in America, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We have a Patreon and a Twitter, and we'd love for you to engage with us there. That'd be great. Um, otherwise, we'll catch you next time.